As Canada slowly emerges from the COVID-19 pandemic, what people, tools, and processes will be needed to reshape and rebuild the new retail landscape? Find out this month during the Automotive News Canada Retail Forum Dealer Discussion Series. Hear from top retailers and industry executives as they share their insights and strategies for dealers to rebuild their businesses and meet the needs of today's consumers. There is no cost to view this virtual series, but registration is required. Register today at automotivenews.ca slash retailforum. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the August 7th episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. For those that don't know, I'm a former sports reporter, so I'm a bit of a stats guy, a numbers guy. And I believe statistics can be very telling, and that's why I'm excited about today's guest. We'll talk incentives, inventory, leasing, and get an overall sense of the health of today's retail market here in Canada in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's all today when I speak with my guest, the Senior Manager of J.D. Power Canada's Power Information Network, Mr. Robert Carwell, on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Robert, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks, Greg. It's a pleasure talking with you. There's no question the first half of the year has been a wild ride, no matter where you sit in the auto industry. Just generally speaking, what are your thoughts on the first half? Yeah, you know, you you hit the the nail on the head there, Greg. It's it's been a wild uh, ride. Um, you know, we saw not just volume drop off. We saw how Canadians purchase cars change quite dramatically uh, as well. Uh, so some of the things we tracked during the the first half, um, the, the drop besides the drop in, in volume, that also means there's, there's a drop in in consumer expenditure, right? Um, we uh, we see that um, uh, Canadians have spent uh, about uh, well spendings down thirty uh, percent over over last year on on new vehicles. So uh, normally we'd be at about uh, twenty four billion dollars uh, in new vehicle purchases in the first half, and with the pandemic, you know that that's down thirty percent. So it's it's in the uh, you know sixteen seventeen million dollar range. Sorry, billion dollar range. Uh, that that's a dramatic difference. Um, the good news is, if we uh, extrapolate and just look at it monthly. Um, in uh, June, that has ticked back up uh, to be right along with where consumers were spending uh, last year, uh, which is great to see. Um, but we're not going to make the gap up, and that's going to be a big burden uh, for the industry. There's just there's just a lot of spending that's not going to happen uh, this year because we missed the the peak selling season in uh, in the spring. We are curious to see along with many other people if that's going to mean that we have uh, another peak in selling this year as the economy rebounds Uh, but it's just too early uh, to tell nice to see that the summer so far is is quite strong Um, throughout the pandemic uh, the the way canadians bought cars changed who was buying cars changed Uh, whoever was out there we noticed uh the um there's a a different age group a lot of older people uh stayed uh stayed home uh so that the age uh age uh, of the average buyer you know 
decreased uh, substantially by uh, by about five six years on average. That's not a number you, you normally see change uh, very very quickly or often. Uh, the gender of the buyer changed. Much fewer females uh, were out uh, during during the pandemic, so um, the demographic went a lot lot more male. Uh, we saw a lot less leasing occur. Um, we typically lease at about 29-30% of all deal types in Canada. At the height of the pandemic, it was that was closer to 20%, so there's about a third less uh, leasing. Uh, one of the interesting things to watch is, um, and we, we know why leasing uh, diminished substantially, uh, a lot of people got uh, lease extensions. A lot of consumers got lease extensions on their vehicles, so if you were coming back to market in uh, in March, April, or, or May, it, w- it was really a problem in April and May when uh, a lot of dealerships were not even open um, and factories were, were, were closed and vehicles couldn't be ordered. Uh, so they got pushed off essentially to summer to late summer, early fall. So we're going to be seeing them come back uh, uh, now. We were predicting there was going to be a record number of lease uh, retail lease returns uh, back into Canada at at that time in in the April and May timeframe. So they're going to get pushed off. They're all going to come back. Are we going to see leasing rebound, or um, are we going to see customers flip to the strong uh, financing offers? That are out there right now. So the the flip side of that equation is we saw a lot of Canadians move into 84 month uh, financing. It's it's kind of the main uh, tactic now, sales uh, strategy and, and tactic from the from the manufacturers. So whoever's out there and has come back, there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of impetus to take uh, an 84 month financing deal because the the offers are quite strong. You mentioned that the average age is getting younger, and for a few years, I mean, almost when I started, uh, almost five years ago now at Automotive News, the talk had been, we need to get younger buyers, and while the average age is down, it's not down because more younger buyers entered the market, correct? It's it's down because older buyers stayed away, is that correct? Yeah, that's that's exactly correct, Greg. It, it's not that uh, the age of Canadians, Canadian vehicle buyers have, have changed. It's just that uh, certain groups stayed back. That's why we saw changes to, to the average age, the gender of customers, and even to uh, to deal structure. That's why we also saw a lot fewer leases over that time frame. You're exactly right. I know you and JD Power keep a keen eye on inventory. Where are we in terms of inventory right now? Are Canadian dealers fully stocked, or are we still feeling some of some of the side effects from uh, pandemic-related shutdowns and closures? I mean, what's on the lots right now? How quickly are cars and and trucks moving? There, there's definitely uh, a lack of inventory in, in the supply ch- chain right now, Greg. Uh, so I'll just throw a couple of numbers at at you and for, for the audience. Uh, on average, last year in Canada, it took about 68, 69 days to uh, retail uh, a vehicle or to turn over uh, a vehicle from the time the dealership took delivery of, uh, of a unit to the time uh, a customer drove it off a lot. Uh, right now, that's that's sitting still at about 111, 112 days. Uh, back up a couple of months into May, that would have been uh, 120 uh, plus days and what it's telling us is it's it's not that people are choosing to buy 
uh, vehicles that have been sitting on dealer lots for a long time, or that even there was a lot of deal making on those old units. It's uh, it, it reflects the fact that new vehicles uh, couldn't be ordered and delivered. So our, our dealers were, were reaching back and kind of pulling all of the inventory they could get their hands on. Cars that maybe were not as uh, attractive because of the trim and, and color combinations. They, they weren't as sought after, right? Uh, they, they're, they're really reaching back and, and pulling all of those units up to the front of their lot and they're, and they're retailing those units. That's still going on to this day because like I said, last year we averaged about 68 to 70 days at the height of the pandemic it it nearly doubled to 120 plus it's come back down to 111 as some inventory is is getting out there uh but it's still very high and it's just because dealers are, are reaching back to sell that inventory we'll give you another uh statistic we keep track of is is how quickly uh the model year uh clears out so generally at the start of this year, uh, uh, counter 2020, uh, we still would have seen a fair amount of 19 millimeter vehicles being retailed. And that trickles out throughout the year, uh, e- even up until the, the last remaining months of the year. You still have the onesies and twosies of, of 19 millimeters that are being sold. Uh, however, in the second quarter, uh, we noticed that uh, 20% of vehicles being retailed or still modeling your 19s. It, 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 again, it's just showing you dealers are reaching back to whatever they have on the lot to sell. And while they generally would have been preoccupied with selling 20 mom years now in, in the second quarter and, and as we, we enter into summer, um, they, they were just selling what they had. So the, the 19 mom years, rather than trickling out to the end of the year, we, we suspect they've all been pulled forward uh, into the start of, of this year, into the second quarter of this year. And that and that's actually not even really a, a bad thing, to be honest, uh, because it, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's not even, that's not going to be necessarily a bad thing because we're going to have a really good model year clear out. All the 19s and, and what few 20s realistically have been made uh, are going to be out and gone, and 21 is going to be uh, a strong model year for selling. Does that trickle into the manufacturing segment? I know that JD Power does a lot in sales and, and your sort of lane of expertise is sales, but I have to assume if there's nothing on the lot that automakers want to fill those lots and dealers want new vehicles. So does that mean production ramps up at some point in North America? I, I'd say so. It, obviously, clearly in certain segments, um, without a surprise, uh, you know, uh, utility, midsize and compact utility. And, uh, and full-size pickup truck production brands that do a lot of volume there, they're, they're going to want to make as many as possible as quickly as possible because there's now a vacuum to fill. There's a hole to fill. Let's talk incentives. Um, and a key, Another key factor and key point that you and JD Power track here in Canada, uh, incentive spending in the mainstream large truck segment was actually down by 6.5% in the first half of the year. And the transaction price in the same segment, was up nearly 9%. Do automakers even have to offer incentives on trucks right now throughout the rest of this year, or can they simply rely on what appears to be strong demand and strong popularity of these vehicles? Uh, short answer, Greg, no. Um, they still have to offer incentives on, on those vehicles. You, you know, we Because we, we got to a point in Canada where full-size pickup truck uh, you know, became... 
uh, not just the third most popular segment, but then the second most popular segment. And under COVID, in, in some cases, it was the number one segment uh, because of the, the deals uh, that were there. Uh, as we all know, transaction pricing has, has crept up. Vehicle pricing has crept up on these vehicles. Uh, and, but with the right combination of, of deal, there's strong market demand for them. Um, can, can incentives back off a little bit? Yes, perhaps, uh, especially uh, as uh, there isn't sufficient inventory for some brands to uh, to meet customer demand. So just with simple economics, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of pullback. But you, you, cannot, you cannot vacate that space. You know, you cannot present um, a, a vehicle that you cannot present that full-size pickup truck uh, for sale in the marketplace in advertising without a deal on it, and we we notice that there's a there's a strong consistency in Canada right now. There's a strong uh, central sales tactic of uh, the offer. The go-to offer is is uh, low APR for 84, uh, if not zero between zero and 0.9 for 84 uh, with cash on the hood, and and that. That singular offer has been re- kind of powering all the success we have seen in, in June and, and now July uh, in the marketplace. So sticking with large trucks, um, can their prices and margins offset at least some of the losses in other segments during the pandemic, thereby keeping automakers from losing their shirts altogether financially this year? I just wonder if if their markup and their profitability because we're selling so many in Canada, is enough to keep shareholders and automakers pleased with um, the end of the year despite the pandemic? Uh, absolutely. And, and it's for the same reason we saw a number of, uh, of brands uh, eliminate a, a lot of their passenger car lineup. It's, it's to focus on, on light trucks, not just pickups, but light trucks in totality. And of course, uh, uh, full-size pick truck, pickup trucks being uh, sort of a, a dominant slice of, of that uh, product portfolio. So, uh, yeah, Greg, I, I'd say you're, you're correct in that. Uh, the more trucks a brand can get out um, with with less cars making up that mix will only result in the manufacturer being in a better position uh, financially. So how do automakers keep the sedan segment afloat or is it even worth it to keep it afloat? Like, do we see more incentives on sedans and cars simply because they can't move them? And yet automakers, some automakers refuse to abandon that segment. Just, I wonder what happens there when it comes to cars and incentives. We've seen incentives also uh, accelerate for, for passenger car body style. Uh, By no means is the segment uh, dead. Our brains exiting it. Yes. Uh, but if you, if you kind of look at those brands, uh, they, they are corporations that also sell a lot of full-size pickup trucks, and not every brand does. Not everyone has that lineup. So if, if, if your customers are coming to your store to buy most utilities and a lot of full-size pickup trucks, you're going to focus in on that. Highly profitable for the, for the manufacturer to do so and results in a very satisfied customer. Uh, but it doesn't mean you see um, incentives and, and deals on passenger cars go away because the the brands that are left and, and the vehicles that are left, they still have to compete in a competitive marketplace. And part of being in a competitive marketplace is having a competitive offer uh, because you still have to get the payment uh, to meet someone's budget in order for that vehicle 
um, to uh, to get sold off a lot. So we we have not seen incentives on passenger cars uh, diminish. Um, it's not growing as fast as on uh, some utilities and, and uh, uh, other uh, other vehicles, uh, but it's it's still moving forward. It's still growing. Some analysts predicted, and I'm quoting here, billions with a B in incentives on the way in the wake of COVID-19. But last week on the show, Infinity Canada's Steve Ryan told me he doesn't think there is an increase in incentive spending on the way. Um, has the retail rebound been enough to make automakers rethink how much they want to spend in incentives in the second half? Well, the the situation, the trend in Canada is we hit a peak in incentive spending in 2018 that that correlated to the the peak in in our market at being just over uh, 2 million units. Um, As we were growing to that point, essentially uh, the model that most manufacturers followed was because the market is growing, I will be able to increase my share. And you go out and you fight for it and you get it. And that's why we saw uh, incentives uh, accelerate for many years up until 2018. 2019, we we there was a pullback in volume and there was a pullback in retail. You know, less Canadians bought bought cars. What wasn't massive, uh, but a lot of these brands said, ah, okay, uh, because we have to expect we're going to sell fewer cars this year. We're going to flip from instead of expanding market share, we're going to uh, preserve profit and just try to hold on to whatever share we have or even if it goes down a little bit it's understandable so we're going to switch to a profit preservation mode the quickest and easiest way to do that greg is you pull back on incentives because that that's a significant cost and burden to any manufacturer so i'll give you some examples in 2018 the average incentive on a new vehicle regardless of what it was uh, for the whole industry in canada it was uh about sixty three hundred dollars last year in 2019 we saw that come down to about $5,500, $5,500, so down about $800, maybe perhaps $900. And right now we're sitting at about, um, we're, we're just uh, just under uh, $6,000. We're, we're at about $5,900. So incentives have gone up. However, they're not where they were at the peak. There's still room for it to go up. However, I, I do agree a little bit with what Steve says. If, um, if a lot of manufacturers are having uh, supply limitations, there's no reason to blow your heads off with incentives. There's no reason to get really crazy with them. You do absolutely have to be competitive. You have to be competitive with the marketplace. There's no doubt about it. But you don't have to be out there necessarily with uh, a class-leading offer that is head and shoulders above everyone else, especially when you don't have the inventory to fulfill it. We know that if you strip out fleet sales um it looks like the retail sales have been relatively healthy since the lockdown started lifting um is healthy the right word to describe the auto industry right now i mean and if it's not how would you describe the industry as a whole right now i'd say given what we saw in march and april uh what we see in the industry right now is decently healthy we see decent consumer confidence in, in uh, acquiring a new vehicle. Uh, estimates are that July July month is only off about 5%. Uh, I'd say that's pretty good from where we were uh, at, a, at a nearly 80% deficit 
in uh, in April, um, we have seen trans the the transaction data kind of normalize back to where it was last year at this point in time. Meaning Canadian Canes are are buying cars in, in a similar fashion. It's it's similar uh, uh, demographic trends, uh, similar uh, pay, monthly payment trends, similar slightly similar. Um, transaction type trends in terms of, of the amount of leasing and financing. Um, is there more 84 month financing now than was last year? Yeah. But you know what? It was the dominant, it was a dominant term and sales type last year as well. So while it's accelerated that it hasn't really changed its leadership position in the market, that's how most Canadians buy a car. Uh, most Canadians are on a bi-weekly finance payment. We, we've seen that kind of return to the same rate that we saw last year uh, at this time. So I, I'd say it's def- decently healthy. However, there are some challenges as, as I'd call them. And, and the ones I'd, I'd illustrate uh, for you are that um, Luxury dealers are having a harder time maintaining their business than mainstream car dealers. Uh, their gross margins are down and their front-end uh, gross is down. Um, at the same time, uh, as we see vehicle transaction pricing continue to climb on mainstream cars, uh, it's up to $37,500. That's a pretty healthy aspect of our market. So while our retail is still off a bit, uh, transaction price is climbing. And dealer profit, front-end profit, has also been climbing to reflect that. But on the luxury car side, we don't see transaction prices uh, climbing. They're they're generally static to slightly down. Um, the reason why is a lot of uh, the luxury brands are trying to increase volume and attract more people to their brands. So they, they, they're pushing down market more often. They're getting into the, the luxury uh, B SUV and CSUV uh, markets, and they're getting into a luxury B uh, sedan and hatchback uh, markets. And those aren't the high-priced luxury models. So we see a bit more dilution in, in pricing for the luxury brands. And we see that their dealers are struggling uh, a little bit more than they were last year. The uh, the other thing that we're watching and that may or may not be healthy is um, we talked earlier a little bit about the the amount of leasing out there and the amount of customers that got extended. Well, they're all, they're all going to come back to market essentially between now and September. Uh, will our used car market be able to absorb them? You know, we, we think it's, it will be able to take a, a, a lot of it because used car prices are, are climbing. And we see um, that during uh, COVID, um, the amount of consumers buying a car dropped, which naturally means the amount of trade-ins a dealer could get uh, dropped. So there's probably a limit of used car supply out there, and we'll be able to deal with that. Uh, however, if too many come back at the same time, that that can pro- pose a problem. And that sets us up for a follow-up interview toward the end of the year. That's perfect. Great. Thanks, Greg. As always, appreciate talking with you. Love love having you on. Love talking to you. Always uh, a great amount of knowledge. Appreciate you being on the uh, podcast. Robert, all the best. You too. Thanks, Greg. Take care. We reached Robert in his home office in the greater Toronto area. And if you want to hear more from Robert, you can on Tuesday, August 11th, when he joins a panel of experts on the first ever Automotive News Canada Retail Forum, hosted on our website, automotivenews.ca, by our publisher, Jason Stein. Register for free now by following the links on our homepage. And if you want to be a guest on this show, or have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason 
at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website. That does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you join us next time. So long, everybody.